When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey y'all, you're listening to episode 72 of Eco Chic, a podcast all about practical science and sustainability. My name is Laura Diaz. I'm happy to have you here. I'm always happy to have you here, but I like to just start off every week with my praises, with my thank yous. I love connecting with y'all on social media and then seeing you share the podcast on your stories and tagging your friends. And this has been a week of a whole lot of that. So I just wanted to thank all of you for continuing to get the word out. And then with that, I wanna encourage y'all to rate and review the podcast if you do enjoy it. And I don't say that necessarily just for myself, but if you think that this is valuable information that other people would benefit from, if you think that other people should have access to digestible climate science and sustainability information in the form of this here podcast, it's really helpful if you rate and review. It helps so much in the iTunes algorithm and just continuing to involve people and get more people aware of the podcast. It helps me so much and gives me a better idea of what you really care to listen to. I want to remind everyone that there is still plenty of stickers available. If you want an Eco Chic sticker, go ahead and follow us on Instagram at Eco Chic Podcast and just slide into my DMs with your address. I want to meet you and talk to you and it's just an easy way for me to thank you for listening along to the podcast every week. And with that, let's jump right in. I'm really excited about this particular week's episode because I'm talking about education and I feel like this is a great segue into the fall semester that's starting up soon for a lot of y'all going back to school. And I think that this is something that a lot of people have on their minds lately. I have been getting a lot of questions and DMs and emails about how do you expand your education to just think about these environmental topics in a more like formal classroom setting. And there's a lot of ways that you can get involved in climate education and environmental work, environmental activism, or just more like on the ground work when it comes to climate action and climate solutions. So there was an episode of Eco Chic that was called Careers in Climate, and I will go ahead and link that in the show notes below if you want to get some ideas, depending on what your field, how you could really tailor yourself, your professional experiences and your educational experiences to really kind of mold into someone in this space, whether you are more on the social science side, if you are into marketing and PR, or if you're on the harder quote unquote science side, like I was more in ecology or different types of science, the importance of environmental educators, and just other things you can do in the professional world that you might not think have a whole lot to do with climate or environmental values at all, there are definitely ways to get involved whatever your major is. Today, I am talking with my friend CJ about immersive educational experiences. So for a little bit of background, CJ and I met last summer. The University of Illinois Chicago hosts once a year in the summertime the Summer Institute for Sustainability and Energy. So this was a great example of an immersive educational experience. It was two weeks in Chicago, learning really every single day, day in and day out, about different topics in sustainability and energy. And then there was a project that spanned the course of those two weeks where we were working with a lower income community, North Lawndale, if you're familiar with Chicago. We worked with North Lawndale talking about how they could really 
revitalize their community and get people more excited and involved. And it gave me a really great perspective on the importance that climate action has when it's really paired with more like cultural issues. So if there is already a community that's impoverished or it has other more humanitarian issues, how can we address those to best address environmental concerns? Because you can't just go into a community that's I don't want to say it's falling apart, but you can't go into a community that really needs help in other ways and just give them solar panels and be like, here are the solutions to all your problems. You have to really look at a lot of different issues and talk to people and figure out what they need more day to day so that we could eventually deal with environmental concerns. So that was a really great experience in my own understanding and education. I went through the program just before my final semester in graduate school, which CJ and I do talk a little bit about how we both got involved in SIZE, which is the abbreviation for it. So if you hear us referring to SIZE, that's what it is. It's this two-week summer boot camp, essentially, at UIC. And I want to kind of talk about that in the sense that it gave me a really great understanding, but you're also learning about something super in-depth day in and day out for two whole weeks. And CJ and I talk about the importance of that and the value that that really has on your education. But beforehand, I also want to kind of mention that the summer before my senior year in undergrad, I had a different experience of immersive education, and that was studying at a field station. So my undergraduate degrees are in biology and environmental science, and essentially I was looking at wildlife biology, plant biology. I know a whole lot about ecology. I really like resource management, stuff like that. So to just give you a general idea of who I was at that time or who I like to be, So where my passions really lie, I guess. So I met with an advisor and I was explaining that I would have loved to study abroad, but I didn't really have the time and the like logistical know-how how how to study abroad while still fulfilling all of my credit requirements and making sure that I got my degrees on time and whatever it may be. So something that was recommended to me was studying at a field station, which is actually pretty common for those of us in earth sciences or natural sciences. So a field station is essentially just kind of what it sounds like. It's a station out somewhere that's a little bit more remote. So the field station that I went to was called Highlands Biological Station, and that is in Highlands, North Carolina, kind of where North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia all meet, so kind of at the base of the Smoky Mountains to give you some perspective. But there are field stations all over America. There is a really great field station in Montana, very well known, the Flathead Lake Biological Station, And then, of course, there's the really famous Woods Hole Oceanographic Institute, and that is up in the Northeast. I actually have a really good friend who studied there after her undergraduate degree, my friend Charlotte. So those are all areas that you can go and you really like live and breathe and work in your field and in your passions with scientists and with experts in the field day in and day out. So these are just areas you go to like get a really in-depth understanding of what you are learning in the classroom and just get that hands-on understanding of it. And what I learned from my particular field experience and then what I've learned from other people that have gone to these other field stations, it's really cool to be able to immerse yourself, like I said, in your passions, learning something day in and day out. And I was learning more natural sciences. It was really amazing to see all of these different animals that I had studied in a classroom living their lives and studying them in situ. And that was really important to me. And it impacted my learning a whole lot. And it also, you know, exposed me to hiking, which I am now, if you follow me on Instagram, I'm a big hiker now. And I had never really hiked before I took these field classes, but whatever. So immersion is really important. When I was in Chicago, it was really a great experience to like see Chicago and live there for two whole weeks and really understand what that part of the country was like. But you can have those experiences also studying abroad. So I do want to really encourage you maybe to look into study abroad opportunities if you are still in a formal university classroom studying. If you're not, maybe one of these field stations 
or summer institute programs or something like that, or the green program which CJ is gonna talk to, maybe that works more for you if you are no longer in like a formal educational setting. But the other pro to these more immersion experiences as opposed to studying abroad is that they are typically less expensive than studying abroad. You are not flying to a totally different country most of the time to stay there for an extended period of time. If you're doing an immersive experience abroad, you are maybe staying there for 10 days, which is what CJ is gonna talk about, an experience that he had in Iceland. And you are out of your comfort zone, whether or not you're in a different country. Like I always refer to my time in the Carolinas, like deep in those mountains. It might as well have been a different country because it was so different from what I was used to at school and at home and whatever it may be. So just experiencing something different is really important and it gives you a lot of depth in what you are learning about. If you are still in college, some of these experiences do qualify for course credit, which is really big. I mean, that's something that initially drew me to studying at a field station. It was the idea that I could get course credit for the classes that I was taking. I took two classes at this field station, one at the beginning of the summer, an ornithology class, which is just like a bird, it's a bird class. It was a, a really packed day where we would go bird watching in the morning and then in the afternoon we would lecture. So the days are really packed and that's I guess where the immersive idea really comes from again but I could get field credit. So I could get credit for just being in the lecture. So my normal three credit hours, but then I would get another hour for the lab credit. And that was something that was really important to me in university, obviously. And then another really big pro to this is that you are learning from people that are truly experts in their field. So whether you are going to a field station to study in natural science, or if you are choosing to maybe do an experience like woofing, Woofing, W-W-O-O-F, so that stands for Worldwide Opportunities on Organic Farms. This is also a great option if you're no longer in a more formal classroom setting, um, a university setting. But woofing is a great way to go somewhere new and live on a farm and understand agriculture from that perspective and just kind of work and live on this farm. And in exchange for your time working, they give you a place to stay. Some of them will feed you as well or give you a small stipend or whatever it may be. But I can leave that website link in the show notes. It's a really great way also for a lot of people to travel because you can do it internationally. And it's a really great way to like understand particular agricultural products. I would love to maybe go to like a coffee farm or a lavender farm or something like that and just understand the whole life cycle of something. I went through this phase in graduate school where I was like obsessed with the idea of going to a vineyard and understanding the carbon impacts of vineyards. But anyway, so I'm getting a little bit off topic, but the point of the story is that you have a lot of opportunities, whether or not you are still in school, to really immerse yourself in what your passions are and to really get a great understanding of a particular topic in a short period of time. You do not necessarily have to dedicate your life to climate action. You don't have to go to graduate school to get a degree in environmental, whatever it may be. So there are a lot of opportunities for you to just like make yourself a little bit more educated and aware of topics that you are passionate about without like completely uplifting your life for a long period of time. And I think this is a really great impactful idea because maybe you are at the end of your educational time or you're leaving school or you're thinking about changing jobs or whatever it may be. This is kind of the season where people are thinking about it and there's a lot of opportunities for you to just gain that experience without totally committing a whole new chapter of your life to it. So like I mentioned today, you are going to hear a conversation between me and my friend CJ Casey. CJ and I met last summer at the Summer Institute for Sustainability and Energy at UIC, like I just mentioned, which again, we're going to be abbreviating to SIZE. And the reason that I thought CJ would be a great person to talk to about immersive educational experiences, particularly in the environmental world, 
is because just before we met at Size for this great two-week experience, he had just come back from a trip to Iceland with the Green Program. So he's here also representing the Green Program today and speaking about his experience there, learning about energy and just how that really shifted his longer-term educational goals. So he actually came into the program, he's going to explain his background, but he came into the program with an engineering background and thinking about electrical engineering and then just seeing Iceland firsthand, seeing sustainability and energy in a country that is so self-sufficient. He went back to his senior year and just had this new vigor for things that he wanted to accomplish and things that he wanted to dedicate himself to. And I think that that's a really cool story of like, if you are maybe a little bit lost in your field or if you're open to maybe learning something new and up and coming, this could be a great experience for you. So the Green Program runs all year round, which he's going to talk more about the logistics of that. So those are programs that you can do at any point during the year. And usually they're during like off times in the school year so that you can go if you're still a student. And then something that you want to consider a field station. A lot of the time those classes are in the summertime, but maybe you go to a school that partners with a field station. You could go for a whole semester or you could go for a winter semester or something like that. So if you are still in a university setting or if you're somewhere where you know that there are field stations, I would definitely look into shorter term semesters or individual courses that you may be able to take. And then finally, I would really like to encourage y'all to look into summer institutes like the one that we did. So by no means am I like affiliated with size. I mean, affiliated apart from I was in the program, I'm an alumni of the program. But what I mean to say is that there are plenty of opportunities for you to maybe go to a conference or something shorter term to just really hone in on your skills in a new place. I hope you find my talk with CJ educational and valuable and also just really exciting. We are actually friends who talk very regularly. We have a couple of other friends from size that we have a Snapchat group that is like always in communication. And it's exciting because you're talking to people who do different things from you, but are still excited and passionate about the same things that you are. So it's exciting. It's a good conversation. We really, really vibe. I hope that you have some educational inspiration from this. And for those of you going back to school, congratulations. I hope you have the very best fall semester. And with that, I'll get into the conversation with CJ. Before we like get too deep into any of our conversations today, I would love for you to just introduce yourself and give a little bit of background, what you do, how we met, things like that. I'm CJ Casey. I graduated with a electrical engineering degree from the University of Illinois, Chicago, and then also a physics degree from Carthage College. Oh uh, yeah, last summer we were in at UIC for a two-week crash course on revamping North Lawndale and one of the just overall learn a lot more about sustainability in Chicago itself. Yeah, I think that's a really good background on the program. And I think that's a really cool one that we can get into in a minute. I would love for you to talk to me a little bit about like what your original like schooling background was, what your interests were before some bigger like environmental immersion experiences and education experiences. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I'm, I'm very new on the scene in this whole green energy eco world um my whole time going through like high school and stuff i was all chemical engineering all that school hit like college hit and i was like wow i hate chemistry and so i became a electrical engineer with a physics major as well because i loved the math and that aspect of everything and i had like my own little stint with a startup company developing like a wearable bracelet that would read like biometric heart rate and like blood pressure and stuff and like notify the wearer if they were having like the pre-signs of like a panic attack. So we called it Calmlet. 
it was like more or less just to make someone their optimal human. So that was where a lot of my passion was for two or three years early in school. And then I transferred over to UIC to finish up my electrical engineering degree. Within a month there, someone came into one of my engineering 1000 classes and was like, hey, there's this like trip to Iceland that you can learn about renewable energy and stuff. And my mind just kind of went blank and I blacked out after I heard the word Iceland. And I was like, you know what? I'm in. I'm going. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a bucket list trip. And uh, so then I ended up going to this trip to Iceland and lo and behold, the whole, I caught green fever and uh, I am now full board eco nerd. <laughs> yeah. That's a huge five-year transition if you ask me. Yeah, I think green fever is a really good way to put it because it's one of those things that I always, I think that I've had this conversation a couple times with different people that once you get into one particular aspect of an environmental lifestyle, it's like a black hole. Like you can't get out. Like more and more things just come into your peripheral vision of like, oh, I'm not doing this or like I could be doing this better or whatever. And it really is a fever. Yeah, it never ends. It never ends. Do you want to talk about our summer at size before we get to into this trip to Iceland, which I'm really, really excited about? Yeah, I would love to talk about that uh, size. I want to actually ask you a question is what did you take away from that and what made you actually go to size? Okay, so I went to size um, right before I finished graduate school. I had one semester left of my master's program. And I think something that I was really attracted to was the idea of learning more about energy. That was originally like what I signed up to learn more about because my graduate listserv um, circulated this letter about the summer program, two weeks in Chicago. I had never been to Chicago before. So I was like a little bit intrigued and I was like two whole weeks to learn about something that I have no deep understanding of. I love energy. I love energy efficiency. I took this really cool energy seminar in graduate school that just taught me so much about energy generation and just like different energy sources and just a lot of like the back end stuff like how to read your energy rates you know like when people sign up for certain rate structures with their utility companies what does that really entail and what does that mean and so stuff like that like I love the back end of energy and they had circulated through my listserv this forum that was like, learn about energy in Chicago and how to transition into a clean energy neighborhood. And I was like, I am in, like, I love this. I signed up right away and I started getting these like interview invitations. I guess you have a phone interview. I think that there was either one or two phone interviews. And then the first one, they were like, what are you so excited to learn about? And I just like go off about (laughs) and how much I want to do it. And Thomas, the director of the pro, I guess he's not the director, but he's like a coordinator for the program. He was just like, hey, I hate to break it to you, but like that was our theme last year. You got an old, uh, you got an old flyer. Um, but actually this year it's about impoverished communities and how can you really elevate low income areas to meet environmental goals. And I was like, you know what? That still sounds pretty good. Like I'm still, I guess I'll still go for that. I guess I'll take the second. I guess I'll still go for it. And it was just, it was a really great experience because I hadn't, I So I was interested in energy because I'd taken this class and I was already like pretty deep into the energy space in my mind, at least, um, and in my education, but being able to go and learn about like community-based initiatives was something totally new to me. It was something that I, I really learned a lot about the way that like Americans view energy and how the world has to think about energy as like a bigger picture issue. 
like, again, just talking about energy, this whole summer wasn't about energy and I feel like I'm giving it this runaround, but it was about sustainability and just how do you like really lift up a lower income community? And I was thinking about things like you can't just practical. Everything was super practical on what you could do. Yeah. And it taught me a lot because you can't just like go into a community and be like, here are these solar panels. Like we'll put them (laughs) all over your parks. You can't like encourage people to do environmentally conscious things if you're not getting to the root cause of like, how do you bring together a community and how do you really like lift people up so that they can have the energy to care about these things? And, um, I think it was just like all around a really great, like eye opening experience for me personally. Yeah. I, I literally, I could completely agree with all of that except for like how you got interested in the program itself. But yeah, it's, it was very eye opening to me just to see how, everything with me always goes back to education, just how poorly educated people are. And I don't mean this in like a negative connotation. I just mean it in a, we're like, we don't do a good enough job educating the youth itself on like the ways to bring about a community or to view communities in general, even. Yeah. I think that's a really, really good way to put it. And I think that I had kind of the same experience of like looking at education as like, can we make this education about not just climate change, but just like caring about the environment in general. Like how can we make this really digestible and how do we make it accessible to everyone? Because the thing about climate change is it's going to happen whether or not you believe in it. It's going to happen whether or not you want to like live your life to those particular values. But some people know about it and they don't know what to do. And some people don't really think that it's an issue. And some people don't really understand like why we are making the changes we are as a society or as an economy. And I think that it also just like really solidified that for me, like making education about these environmental issues, like really digestible is so important. Yep. The easier you can explain a big issue to someone, the quicker it'll be solved. And I also think that like on the flip side, on our end, education for us was like so immersive. When you are thinking about these things 24-7 for two whole weeks, it becomes really clear that you have to be committed to like one particular topic or one particular issue. And I don't know, I think there's something about like an immersive educational experience that's like so valuable to a long-term career path. Like it really shaped how I want to continue my career because I spent these two weeks with this neighborhood that like really didn't have a lot of options in terms of, you know, economic opportunities or um, even transportation, like connectivity and things like that. And it's like, how can we make their lives better? It shaped a lot of like what I want to do with my career. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel feel like that, the way you said there at the end, the making someone else's lives better, that that's kind of what I've always looked for in a career itself, whether it was in green energy or in any type of environmental issues or whether it was with like Calmlet and like that branch, what I was invested in and interested in back then. It was always just trying to make someone else's life better. And that kind of always like brought me back to like, I don't know, who was it? Was it Will Smith that had said something that is like, what was his quote? I don't know. I'm, I'm a big inspirational quotes guy. Uh, but it was like, if you're not like, if like, if it's like, if you're not making someone else's life better, then you're wasting your time. You're, you'll make your life better by making someone else's life better. Something along those. And that, I think I heard that back in freshman year of high school, maybe, but it would just like stuck with me all the way through then. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. And I think that I'll, I'll have to look up the Will Smith quote and I'll get it correct. And I'll share it with everyone at the end of the Perfect. episode. Perfect. Um, so tell me a little bit about 
this first immersion experience that we can talk about. Let's just like back up a little bit. Tell me about Iceland. So you started off just kind of in this informational session, you weren't super sold on the idea of being an environmental field. You were looking into different, like more um, traditional, like science paths, I guess, if we could call it that. And you went to this informational session and you were like, okay, like I'm in Iceland. Sounds like a good time. And you went kind of like for the idea that you were going on a trip to Iceland. Right. No, yeah, exactly. Like the guy stands up there and he's telling me, he's like, he was a student too. He was also, he was an ambassador, which actually that's what I am right now for uh, the green program itself. I'm a summer ambassador for them. Um, And so he goes up there and he says, does his whole spiel, like the whole short-term immersive experiential education to, uh, for our world's like what most pressing issues in sustainable development and stuff. Like we do trips to like Peru, Japan, Iceland, blah, blah, blah. And um, he said, but I went on the Iceland trip and that's the one that I liked. And this is my story for Iceland. And I was like, oh, cool. Let me hear your story. Let me hear what you did. I really don't care what field that I'm going to study right now. Energy is kind of like electrical engineering, right? So tell me like a little bit about what the time that you had in Iceland, like what that entailed. How long were you there? What were you doing every day? What kind of like day-to-day trip was this for you? Yeah. So right away when you, it was a, it's a 10 day research trip where at the end of the research trip itself, you have a capstone project due that you work on in a group of interdisciplinary students, very similar to how size was. Um, And then you present that to like a board of people as just like a formal presentation and you can get like university credit for it. But the first five days you're there, you'll go to two or three lectures in the morning at Reykjavik School of Energy. And so there we learned about like thermodynamics. It's very like low level, high level, hitting, missing on a bunch of different um, things. It's a crash course in what renewable energy is in a sense. So I learned a lot about like hydro dams, about wind turbines, um, uh, solar and nuclear. Geothermal was big too. So you'd go to like one or two lectures a day and they'd be maybe an hour, maybe an hour and 15 minutes. Then after that, you'd go and immerse yourself in Icelandic culture with your tour guides. We ate a lot of soup. It was a lot of soup. (laughs) But it was cool because there was like a bunch, it was always different soup. Um, Like this one place we went to, which was absolutely phenomenal. The bread there, the soup there, it's all made through geothermal reservoirs that like they put like their stoves and stuff in the geothermal reservoir that heats that up and they use that for cooking instead of any type of electricity. It's awesome just to think about. And then it tasted phenomenal. Everything was, the food there was incredible. So then you do the lunch and then usually in the afternoon you would go to either tour a, like a, we toured like a broken down old hydro plant that was in the, one of the rivers there. We went to an active hydro plant and then we went to like some other experiential plants and like just basically they're all world-class buildings and architecture and stuff that you can see and like be there hands-on, boots on the floor, looking at how energy is made, how you get to talk with the people that work there, ask them questions if you want to. There's a guy that goes around and like explains everything to you. And it was just really cool. And it's something that I've never experienced or would be able to experience anywhere else, really. I think that idea of like boots on the ground is something that's really important when you're thinking about like any sort of immersion experience, because yes, it's one thing to like learn about hydropower or geothermal energy or solar panels or whatever it may be. It's one thing to like learn about them in a classroom setting and being able to see it actually working and generating electricity and seeing like the moving parts so to speak of all of these different plants is so important to like really get a holistic understanding of like what it is that you're advocating for and learning about and 
even just designing, like thinking about it from an engineering perspective, if you can't like see what it is that you're working towards. There's no, like, a book can only teach you so much. You got to be boots on the ground. Yeah. Yep. And I, this, this trip did exactly that. And then not only that, but so that was like, that, that's a heavy focus of the trip itself, obviously, because it is an educational trip to where you can fully immerse yourself to be there hands-on learning and doing the work and seeing it basically right in front of you. But you're also in Iceland. We were there for, it was 24 hour sunlight. So there was literally not a waking minute that there was sun wasn't up, which was really weird, but really cool. And then it's like after those trips, after we would like get all the education and stuff out of the way, it was still a trip to Iceland. Like they set up excursions in a sense. We went and snorkeled in between tectonic plates in um, the rivers in Iceland, or I can't even think of where it is, but it was one wow. of the, yeah. And we saw like Game of Thrones filming locations and did like massive hikes, spent time in like a cabin with all 22 of us were like in a big cabin. And it was just a very, it was a bond that I, a lot of times when you like do these like trips or like with classes, like you have these bonds with classmates, but it's different with, I don't know if it was just our group, but I feel like I hear this every group that goes on these green program trips is it's like a family when you leave. Like this last, a month ago, we called up like the whole group. We put it off in the group chat and we all went up to uh, Pennsylvania, to Cherry Springs, Pennsylvania to look at like the, um, the Milky Way galaxy and stuff in the sky. And it was just because we just had such a good connection with each other that we had our own eco nerd family. It was so easy to get along with everyone. And this is why I love like that experiential education and like how size was where it's you're thrown living with someone basically big brother style for X amount of days. You're either going to hate the people or love them. And you better hope that you work to love them because it makes the experience so much better. I think that that is such a good way to look at that whole experience because yeah, I think a lot of people don't realize like when they are signing up for this trip, whether it is a green program trip or if it is an institute style two week thing like size was, or um, I had a really great time like taking classes actually at a field station, like biology wildlife classes. And people don't always understand that you are also living with your classmates. Like you are together 24 <laughs> seven and everything doesn't have to be about what it is you're learning, but if you can really connect with people, just being able to relate to other people, it makes that classroom time almost more valuable because you can really build off each other's ideas and you can really have a respect for the way that someone sees a particular topic in a different light that you do. Yes. So I think that being able to like really live together and understand what it is to like get to know a person that has a perspective or a background or values that are different from your own. I think it makes the whole experience deeper and you get so much more out of it because you are living together. It's a crazy thing that when you put all of these highly talented and highly motivated students in a room together, the things that can come out of their brains is absolutely ridiculous. And that's, I feel like that is a lot of the ways that we can change the world itself. I think that's a really, really good way to look at it. I guess before we move on from the topic of Iceland, I would love to hear about what your capstone project was, if you don't mind sharing that. I think that's a really interesting idea also, because you're like putting together a major piece, a major like conglomeration of materials in a sense, a project yeah. in a very short period of time about something that is like very specific and very in-depth that you're learning about. Yeah. Yeah. So the first like two days you're there, it's very much encouraged that you knock down what your topic is and what you want to do for this capstone project. And the, basically the capstone project is very open-ended. It's how you're going to change. How would you change the world going forward and hit all of these 17 sustainability goals or a fraction of them in a sense. 
and it's, you know, you, you break down, you pick your little teams that you're in and you just sit there and brainstorm. And I think that was honestly a lot more of like the fun parts too, is just throwing wild ideas. Like I think we came up with one was where we're going to distribute electricity via a laser beam underground and put massive piezoelectric umbrellas that pop out of the top of skyscrapers when it starts to rain. So that it harvests energy when it rains. It was like just wild bring things like this that a bunch of nerds love to just like talk about. After that, then my project, what we ended up landing on was the piezoelectric energy harvester. And we had decided that we wanted to do a retractable stadium dome, a stadium roof out of piezoelectric fiber and throw it over one of the schools, um, like a university field. To get it a dome over a field itself is upwards of, I think, 75 million and to do some type of retractable roof itself is even more. So piezoelectricity is when you create uh, stress, electricity through stress. And in a sense is when you compress or decompress a crystal, there is a dipole moment created in the crystal and charge is transferred. And you can harvest that charge through, um, if you run it through like any type of conductor, uh, capacitor, battery, anything along that lines, except it's so very minimal that it's hard to actually get something massive out of it, any type of actual gain. That's why it really hasn't been implemented so far. So it's more of a theory of concept. And so what we did, we wanted to make that entire, cover the entire stadium with a tarp that was piezoelectricity. And so it was just all a bunch of brainstorming and thinking about that, the, what the science that would go behind it and what the um, physics that would go behind it. And it was just, it was a lot of fun to like, just build something out of your own brain. I mean, that's a super cool idea. I don't know a whole lot about piezoelectricity. In fact, I don't know anything about it. And I think that the idea of brainstorming and like really getting together with people who have similar interests and just like going at it, like there's something that's so fun about that, that I really didn't experience in any other like regular classroom lecture in college. You know, even when you do have group projects, there's something about like Again, you are really living and understanding and connecting with these people on a different level. So when you get into something that you're like really interested in, really nerding out about, it is so powerful to be able to just like sit and go at it for hours. Like, it's fun. It's not work anymore. It's not school. It's it's, your own. It's your actual passion coming out onto paper. Absolutely. And because it is something that you're so passionate about and something that you're working towards, you know, either in school or in your career or whatever it may be. It is such a great educational experience. Like I feel like the lessons that I learned in any of these immersion experiences, you know, whether it was size or that um, biology station I told you about, it's just like, there are things that you really stick with because you can connect them to so many other things. And you just like, you get on this role that you're just like, you're constantly thinking about whatever it is you're learning about. And it actually, it feels so good. And it sounds like when I'm saying it, it sounds like it can be really overwhelming, (laughs) but there's something about it that in the moment, it is like an, it's like a high that I've never really experienced in a classroom, which is, you know, like you're just like excited and you're just going at it and you're just learning and you like, you feel so on top of the world and you're just like, I'm ready to solve this issue. Like here I am ready to save the world. Yeah. It's, that's you saying that it's ridiculous how like, well, you put that into words because I could not because the inspiration actually from this, uh, the Iceland trip, this piezoelectric energy harvester, I actually took that back to UIC with me and did my entire senior design project on it. And I made like a piezoelectric format with another group of students. And one, it wasn't anywhere near as fun as it was trying to design it in, uh, in the 10 days in Iceland with zero resources or anything. It was all more theory of concept. 
And I think that entire, like I had an entire year to work on that and be passionate about that. But in the 10 days, I had a lot more fun just because of the environment I was with. And I think that's just a testament to immersive education itself. Wow. I think that I'm really glad that you mentioned your senior design project because I was so interested to hear like what you have done since Iceland and since our summer together on sustainability and energy. So you brought home this idea of piezoelectricity. And how did you kind of like continue to shape your educational career out of that? Because at that point, you're kind of like deep into your major already. You hadn't previously been thinking about any sort of like super sustainability focused concepts. Like how did you just like continue on with your college education? Yeah, I don't know if it was just dumb luck that I got thrown into a group that like threw out piezoelectricity instead of like hydropower or wind power to like work on a mini project like that. I don't know if that was the dumb luck that it just aligned so perfectly with electrical engineering itself because that's such a very interlinked topic. So that, that was the one reason why I think I was able to bring it back and kind of cohesively throw it into my senior year. And so I, I worked on that, that the whole year, but coming back, I also, I kind of just dove headfirst into green itself and the entire, the entire world of the environment. Um, because while in Iceland, the one thing I learned there, I think, was to actually be myself. Like, I was always true to myself in a sense, but being there completely alone, like, you show up there, and it could be very overwhelming for people, but the minute you just, like, kind of throw down all your walls and just be who you want to be, I was really able to, like, have a much more personal growth alongside an experiential growth and a, like, knowledge growth. And it was just wild. Like I was able to start writing. Like I never wrote before. So I started blogging and I started blogging about the trip itself. And then that kind of turned into blogging about the earth and environmental issues because one, I was so foreign to the concept itself. So it helped me study about it. And I had thought that if I never learned this in school, I feel like other people don't. So why don't I pass this information on? Why have it stop and dead end in my head when I could keep putting it out there to whoever else wants to read it. And then from there, it lended me to take a sustainability course at UIC to where I got partnered with a, the energy initiative program at UIC, which was super cool. I had kind of like ran their website and managed all those things. And then I also assisted with putting together a conference. And this conference was the uh, climate change and future of energy conference, as well as C's um, at UIC, which is the student environmental research seminar to where we would have students come in and they present all of their environmental research in front of like a big group of an auditorium style and they would talk about that. So I kind of like put together those events for the energy initiative program and UIC itself and ran those. We had a panelist for the uh, climate change and future of energy conference that we had a few people from Exelon on the panel. We had a guy from Argonne national labs in Illinois. He was on the panel, Melissa Lee, the CEO of the green program. I actually reached out to her and saw if she wanted to keynote the student symposium and so she did. And then she also sat in on the panel and had just really great things to say too. It was just a really awesome experience that I never would have gotten the chance to kind of like further myself in that career and just like provide education abroad to everyone if I hadn't done like the green program. Wow. That is like a really great story. I love the idea of like you also going headfirst into all of these projects, like back at UIC, like going back to school and just like being armed with all of these experiences. And like you come back from the summer, you know, like a changed man and you're ready to go and you start, you like just really head all these conferences and you get keynotes together. And I think that's something that's like really powerful too, because you come back with 
not you specifically, but I mean like in general, when you go on these like immersion experiences or like anyone who has had like a really great experience studying abroad or whatever it may be, I feel like it must be the same for people who woof, like the, um, the farming, the international like farming exchange, I will get the exact name of it and I'll talk about it. (laughs) But I think like any of these immersion experiences where you're just like living and breathing everything you're learning about, you come back with this confidence that you are like, I am going to keep this up. And like, I'm going to do something about everything that I've learned. And like, I'm going to keep going. That, that big C word is huge. Like I was able to like really just grow and be a confident person moving forward. Like, you know what, if I make a mistake down this road, oh, well, I could just bounce right back from that. Whereas I wasn't like self-reserved anymore, really. in like my choices and like what they ended up being. Yeah. And I also love that you mentioned when you first got to Iceland, like you realized that you could really be yourself because I feel like that's something that I also experienced right away with both of these experiences. And I think that being able to be yourself when you're like in an immersion program, when you're like diving deep into something that you really care about from an educational perspective, it's so important to just realize that you're super comfortable with your interests. Like I think something that also, like my personal story is so these wildlife biology classes. I was living at a field station, and I did two separate classes. Both were two weeks long, so like two long immersion experiences. My first love, I always say, is evolution. I love <laughs> the concept of evolution, and I love it from the concept of like reptiles. That's like I think my favorite kind of thing to study. They all evolve very quickly in terms of compared to other animal groups, just because they do have like relatively short lifespans and they can adapt to a lot of different environments. And it just, I mean, it depends on the species of course, but it's like something that I love, but just opening up a conversation with someone like in any other regular college class, I don't feel super comfortable just like diving deep and being like, let me tell you about lizard evolution. You know, like that's like a really specific thing, but in all of these wildlife bio classes, there were people who had similarly strange, you know, passions. Like I could talk about evolution, but there were some people who, one of the classes I took was a small mammals class. And it was about, it was just, we would like go out and trap different mammals, which essentially like a small mammal, that's like a rodent, that's like a mouse or a bunny or whatever. And you're like out in the wilderness. It was like in the smoky Mountains, So there were some people who like, there was one guy who loves mushrooms. Like he would stop the class whenever we were going to look for our traps and he would pick mushrooms up and he would teach us about them. And he would be like, Oh, this one's really good for like these particular herbal properties or we can cut this up later and like make it into tacos or I feel like in any other experience I wouldn't have had the opportunity to learn about those things because how often is it that you are just walking along with your classmates in the jungle not the jungle I mean it was the Smoky Mountains but you know what I mean like how often is it that you're in that opportunity yeah real yeah that's that was nuts and like because you're there with an expert in their in their field and they are so passionate about they what they want to do. Like I see this a lot in teachers that I think goes very unnoticed and unappreciated is that when a teacher gets on like a tangent, like you can see it in their face, facial expressions and their voice, like how passionate they are about what they're actually teaching, whether it even just be like common mat algebra or like some Pythagorean theorem thing, like they're saying it, but they just have that passion behind it. And it, I think that's the coolest thing that that shows a hundred percent when you're in like an immersive education. Yeah, I think that's such a good comparison to to a teacher because it's just like, yeah, people get so passionate and like you're not going into these things for like the glory of telling people you trap small rodents all summer, you know, like you're going into it because you want to learn something and you're going into it because 
you're coming out a better person and a better scholar and, you know, in that case, a better scientist or whatever. And it's, it's one of those things that it's like almost strange to explain to someone who hasn't been through a similar experience, because if you don't know what it is to like really live with your classmates and really spend all of these hours during the day committed to one topic and just like really expanding your mind, it's kind of difficult to compare to some, to like an experience that's only been in a classroom setting. Yeah, I completely agree with every bit of that. And that's what I actually loved about like these, the green program trips is how often, like how many times did you want to like study abroad? Did you ever have the aspiration to study abroad? Yes. I always really wanted to. I always why, really why wanted you? to. Why, so, never, why didn't you? So I didn't really have the time. I had a dream program that I like, I still am so heartbroken that I never did, but I really wanted to go study abroad in the Galapagos. UNC had a field station that they partnered with that they would send students there. And it was like a really long summer program. I wanted something that was like six weeks. And I feel like this one was like two summer sessions or a summer session and a half. So it was like 12 or 16 weeks. It was like a little bit too long for me to be comfortable being on an island. And then during the year, it wasn't like you were in the Galapagos the whole time. You were like in Ecuador for most of the semester. And then you would spend your last like 16 weeks on the actual Galapagos Islands. So it was like a location that was ideal for me, especially for what I studied again, like wildlife bio evolution. And I would still love to go and just travel and like learn for a period of time. And I would love to find an immersive experience. That's like an adult educational experience that I could get into there. But it was just like the logistics of the program just like didn't ever really work for me. It was something that I always really wanted to do, but it just like didn't make sense for my schedule. Gotcha. Yeah, no, that was always my biggest deterrent too. Was like, I never, I don't want to say I didn't have like the financial funds for it because I, I probably could have put it together, taken a loan out for it and all that stuff. But just like setting it on there, you know what? I'm going to take an entire semester and go abroad or I'm going to take an entire this and go abroad. Like it's so much that you have to invest into it yourself and like sign yourself up for. Whereas like with the green program trips and like the size trips, they are, the, I think size is only one time in the summer, right? That was the only, that's the only time they do it. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think it's always in the summer. Yeah. And like the green program trips, there's, I think there's three summer sessions and then there is one during a spring break and then two during winter break. Like they're all on times when you don't have school because that's like the biggest, my biggest battle itself was I didn't have the time to set aside to do this long drawn out study abroad trip. Whereas this is like a fast action bing, bang, boom, you get there, you get done, and you're back before school even starts off. You didn't miss a beat. I think that's a really cool, like, point to take home for people because you're so right. Like, immersive experiences, it doesn't have to be a study abroad. Like, study abroad is a great opportunity for a lot of people, and I'm not, like, bashing study abroad by any means. I think that it's so great for people who can take the time to do that. And you I wish I could have. Yeah. I wish I could have, totally. But, yeah, being able to just take two weeks out of your life to go somewhere new to – learn something new and just commit yourself to it and then like go back to your regular life. I think that's so important. Like I was working all last summer. I had an internship that I needed to get my graduate degree. And then I was able to take two weeks off at the end of the summer, go to this program, learn so much, come back and then like spearhead all of these other efforts on my campus and in my community and just really like run with it. And two weeks is like a good time to just, or 10 days, you know, between 10 days and 14 days, like it doesn't make a huge difference, but it feels like it's forever. And then it also feels like it's a blink. Yes, absolutely. It feels like it's forever when you're there. Like I think size, I like really didn't want it to end because I was so 
excited about everything we learned about. I made great friends, obviously. We still chat. And I think the opposite was like, I didn't have a, like a great physical environment when I was studying in the Carolinas for that, when I was in that field station, it was two weeks that felt like forever because it was also like one of the classes I took a a bird, an ornithology class. It was a bird class. Um, It was in May and it was freezing. It was like 40 degrees at night. I was miserable because I had a space heater. It was like, just, it was like the conditions were not great for me. So I was like, I can't get out of here fast enough. And those weeks felt like forever. And then on the opposite side, if you're in a good environment and you're like having a great time, it goes by so quickly that it's like, I felt like I could have stayed for another two weeks and still not gotten everything that I wanted out of it. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, 100%. And like, there was just so much, so much that we like did. Mm -hmm. And so like in both places, like it didn't feel like we were doing schoolwork because we were learning and just experience, like you guys experienced Chicago a lot, didn't you? Mm -hmm. When you were there? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I being from Chicago, I was able there to like experience it still like as a tourist again, I guess sometimes with Iceland we were able to like experience and go out there and live the Icelandic culture for a little bit. And like our guides that were kind of taking us through and like that were there with us day to day, they like knew so much about Iceland itself. And like they had all these random Iceland factoids and stuff. And it was just really, really cool. And I love that like entire, th- I, I honestly can't speak like highly enough about trying for someone to like go out there and do like an immersive experience. That's great. That's such a good way to like just end it on such a positive note because I totally agree. I like can't, I can't recommend it enough. Like even with that one. So again, like I took two classes and one of them was the one that I was like freezing and miserable. And even with that, it was like in retrospect, such an incredible experience. Like there was really no downside other than like the weather, which I couldn't have controlled, but you know what I mean? It's just like, there is no downside in my mind. And I think that it's a really great experience that anyone in the sciences, anyone in a STEM field would really benefit from. I completely, even, even not, I think also like hindering a trip to just STEM people. One, I think everyone should have a very vast education. Cause I mean, if I stuck to electrical engineering, there's no way I'd be here today talking to you and just kind of like going out there and, make mistakes and go down a path that you may not have interest in, see if it interest lies there. And if it doesn't, oh, well, you just walk backwards a little bit and start again, find a new path. Absolutely. I think that's a good way to look at it too. Cause like, even if it doesn't work for you, at least you tried it. At least you gain that education. Move exactly. on. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. Can I plug my scholarship actually? Please do. I was going to ask you about any like financial incentives or anything like that. Some other barriers that people might have to getting on one of these programs is financial. So I would love to hear about your scholarship. Yeah. So of course, always the financials are always a burden when it comes to any type of education where you could either keep piling on student loans, blah, blah, blah. And we all know where that ends up. But um, because so this summer I got put on as a summer ambassador for the green program. And not only was it just an ambassadorship, it was a innovations ambassador. So I would try to innovate the program or find my own spin on the program or contribute to the green program in a certain way. And so I'm doing two things this summer. I'm writing a blog for a weekly blog for them on like green stuff that they're putting in an email that they send out. And uh, I'm actually anonymous, but I'm actually kind of breaking down that wall next week. Um, Because I I started writing the blog like non-anonymous and as I was doing it, I was like, you know what? People don't care who I am. They care what I'm saying. So it doesn't matter who's actually writing this. Don't have someone buy into what they're reading because it's me or because of a certain demographic or anything like that. Have them buy into the story before they buy into the person. So that's why I kind of set that up and started writing it anonymously. 
And so I blog for them weekly. And then I also started up a scholarship um, to kind of afford kids an education to go on one of these trips. And so my scholarship is entitled the My Way Scholarship. I kind of was inspired by my late grandpa who passed away last year, but he kind of had an uphill battle his entire last couple of years. Like he was battling like cancer, strokes, terrible stuff. And he was just always true to himself. And I kind of reflected back on the way he lived his life and then kind of reflected back on how the green program kind of changed me. And it was, it helped me live my own life true to myself now moving forward. And so I started a scholarship up for that through donations. Now I'm up to about a thousand dollars already. And I, I fronted a 500 of my own just cause I was so passionate about it. But then just like through family, friends and stuff online, I'm up to, up to I think 10 or 1,045 bucks, something like that. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really, thank you. Yeah. I'm really, really happy about that. And so I'm just trying to help other people afford this type of experience because money is always the deciding factor is what it comes down to. And I feel like it shouldn't be. Absolutely. And where can everyone like learn more about the green program and learn more about your scholarship specifically? My scholarship, I actually, I can give you the links to everything, but I have everything blogged on hereandtheremedia.com. Um, it's also blogged on thegreenprogram.com, but I'll like send you all the links. Um, you can go to my Twitter. All, everything's linked there too in my uh, profile. So these programs are open to people all around the world, correct? Yes. Yep. All around the world. Awesome. Yeah, and... they encourage everyone and anyone to apply. Okay. Awesome. So they don't even have to be like from any particular like major educational background, anything like that. No, nope, not at all. Nope, no educational background. Go out there and do something. Don't just wait for it to happen to you. Yeah, absolutely. Don't just wait for it to happen to you. I think that's a good note to leave everyone on. CJ, thanks so much for hanging out. I feel like you had so much good stuff to say. And I feel like while we did share one particular immersion experience last summer, like we've both had enough different experiences that we have like a really good understanding of this whole topic. So I'm so glad that yeah, we're definitely we, experts <laughs> that we were able to chat about it. Seriously, it was a great time. You no, know, I had a lot of fun. Yeah. Thank you very much. Awesome. Thank you. That's all for today's episode of Eco Chic. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining me to talk with CJ Casey and the Green Program. I hope that you have a lot of inspiration you're going out and I highly, highly encourage you to just look into what's available in your country, in your region, see how you can really work your schedule into a conference. Maybe your workplace has a partnership with a similar institution or conference program. So there are a lot of options out there for you to really hone in on your passions and your skills and be the best at whatever it is you want to really dedicate yourself to. So I cannot recommend similar immersive experiences highly enough. Find something that really works for your schedule, that works for what your particular goals are. And I encourage you to not forget to rate and review this podcast and join me on Instagram at Podcast. I love talking to y'all and connecting and seeing you share the stories. And I love sending you stickers. And I share a lot of like really funny climate memes. So it would definitely be worth your while to throw me the follow. So with that, I will see you guys very, very soon. Have a great day. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.